Alrighty. So welcome back again. Welcome to Come Well. Back into another portal, the same portal, same doorway, into the same hallway. Another episode <clears throat> entitled Beyond Words and Expression. Oh, I've just been um had a little fun with that random. We we'll talk about random topics sometimes. You no. Know, we either did the first one, then we either did the second one. So I feel we may be uh the energy may be present again to do that again today as well. So we're just basically just gonna jump into um, random things, random topics. Just things to talk about, build upon. You know, um, it's been a kind of um, mental whirlwind <laughs> uh, recently. Doing a lot of different things at one time, multitasking, quadruple tasking. <laughs> That's even a word. Y'all know what I mean. <clears throat> Just uh. Like flashes, just different things going on in my reality at this moment. So, guess we'll keep it related with that today's episode. Flashes, you know, random things, chaos, as usual. So, guess we can call this episode Randomnimity. Guess number three. So today's thing, um, a topic I had bumped into or something that had hit me the other day when I was, um, because, you know, you buy, like, mixed nuts, like walnuts, almonds, peanuts, uh, Brazilian nuts, um, pecans, pistachios. And once in a while, I buy, like, you know, the mixed nuts and mixed peanuts and, you know, things of that nature because I like walnuts and I like almonds. That's, like, my, my, my favorite, too, that I like a lot. And, you know, you buy these mixed containers, and sometimes you see some of them that look funny, you know? And if you really, if, if, if you look at the market today, supermarkets and stuff like that, or grocery stores and things of that nature, um, things pertaining to that, to that type of a company, um, a food store, you see a lot of mixed nuts, pistachios, almonds. But then when they're individually wrapped, you see them sliced. And I'm like, why am I seeing these shit sliced for? Why is the almond sliced? Why is the walnuts broken up? Why are these things out of their body form? You know, because I started seeing that more and more. And you see that more and more in supermarkets now. The almonds be sliced, what they call silver almonds. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. It's just some word they call sliced almonds or, you know, broken up almonds. And um, walnuts, you know, and they have them broken up already. And I'm like, what is, why are they broken up? Why are they not in their whole body? And um, it got, it, it hit me. Because I remember buying the mixed containers of all, you know, different kind of mixed nuts and pistachios or whatever and 
you know, sunflower seed, whatever, whatever it is, and the seed family. And I would throw out or not consume about maybe mm, I would say 30%, anywhere from like 35, I would say 35, 35%, 30% to 35% of the mixed peanuts and seeds and things inside the container because they were, 30 to 35% of them were deformed. And it didn't look like a, regular almond, they looked like a regular walnut. You had some walnuts that were like the size of my pinky nail. Then you had the, some walnuts that were the size of my thumbnail. You know, then you have almonds that is not really pointy at the top, it's more round, and some of them have a crack in them, some of them have a bent in them, or they're bent, or some kind of crease in them. It's just real weird. And I'm like, what the, what the hell is going on? Some peanuts are smaller. The shape of it is not right and exact of how you are familiar with how a peanut looks, pistachios, you know, things like this. I kept seeing I'm like, what the hell? There's something going on because I don't understand why they're, why they're being born with this kind of um, deformation to it. So I said, okay, let me just, you know, so I put two and two together, and I seen the supermarkets, you know, they have, the walnut slice now, they have the wa- I mean the almond slice now, what they call silver almonds or sliced almonds, and they have broken up walnuts. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Since these shits are coming in like deformed, kind of mutated body forms, they're breaking them down and slicing them up so you don't put that together. <laughs> so I don't really trust the sliced almonds and the broken up walnuts because those could all be deformed bodies that you're consuming. You know, you don't get to see the whole body of the of the peanut or the walnut or the pistachio or the seed, the sunflower seed, whatever it may be. You never get to see the whole body of it. Like, it's, it's getting more and more rampant where they're, they're actually doing that more and more. Supermarkets and stores where they sell, you know, mixed variety of peanuts and, you know, seeds. And it's coming to you outside of the shell. And, um... Because sooner or later, if you put it together, you're going to be like, hey, what the hell is wrong with the shell? Well, you know, so it gives you the seed. But then sometimes the seed is messed up, so they'll chop it up and chop it in half, or it'll be chopped up and chopped in half, or crumble. And you buy these bags. And don't think that that is not having an effect on your biology to some degree. So, you know, it's like mutation and deformation of fruits, vegetables, mixed nuts, and the end product is, is um, and human beings as well in certain ways. Like I said, again, there's nothing wrong or right to it, but there's just something going on. Something is going on with the soil, or something is being mad scientifically planted or an agenda from the planter, the one planting it, and the one feeding the soil. Like I said, you see this in mixed nuts, you see these in fruits, you see vegetables. I'm seeing more and more. When I buy a pack of strawberries or a pack of blueberries, I'm throwing out like 10% of it. You know, some strawberries look crazy. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm not, you know, it looks weird. All these different odd shapes. You got octagon, you got 
triangle-looking ones. You got square-looking ones. And, you know, it's like, come to accept, oh, it's okay. It's still a strawberry, but it's like, but if that geometrical blueprint and that biological fruit did not meet up to make the acquired shape that it's supposed to be born as, then that is affecting my biology as well to some degree. It may be affecting your bones. It may have an effect on your organs. It may have an effect on your blood. You don't know. But if you're consuming it, understand that there's something trying to match that or that is trying to influence a match within something within you. And it may be the psychology, but there will be some sort of disalignment somewhere, whether psychologically or or biologically, physically, physiologically. Something will be thrown off course. You know, so everything you consume definitely has an effect on your biology to some degree. You know, I'm starting to see that more and more, even in organic stores and everything. It doesn't even matter what store it's in. You see a lot of deformation, but you may see it. You know, I've seen some organic stores that didn't have it like that, but stores in general, supermarkets, mostly supermarkets, they contain these deformated or these deformed and mutated fruits and vegetables and mixed nuts. You know, there's nothing wrong or right to it. Like I said, once again, you know, it is what it is. But there's definitely something behind that is what it is that is making it what it is to be and what you see. Just certain things to be aware of, you know. Um, So don't just stuff a whole, you know, a handful of mixed nuts and seeds and pistachios. I mean, look at each one. I mean, each one is a one by itself, so... The number one is very important to understand each one. How is each one looking? Don't just eat all of them. I wouldn't suggest anybody just put a handful of stuff in their mouth without looking at what they're consuming. Because it's having a certain type of mirror effect, uh, mimicking effect with your biology to some degree. You know, it's, it's something to consider, something to think about. And when nature does, when nature grows things from her soil, to when we see it. Um, you find a lot of a lot of leaves look alike, but then maybe one or two percent of them on that tree don't look like the others. Something I'm not gonna say what went wrong, but something happened. You know, something happened with those with that two percent or three percent that didn't happen with the other 97% or 98%. It's not matching the other ones. Maybe it had less nutrition in there. Maybe it had, you know, whatever it needed, it was lacking in order to create the, the mimicking geometrical shape of all the other leaves, of the majority of the leaves. That's the same thing to consider when you're looking at mixed nuts and peanuts and pistachios and fruits and vegetables. Why did these come out looking like this? Why didn't they mimic the same mimic pattern that nature has in constant motion? It's just certain things to think about and maybe consider. Want to reflect on that? 
Um, the only the only couple things that I had, I think that's an interesting perspective. Um, the only things that came to mind were, um, you know, shop local, you know, from farmers you may know, or if you know people with gardens, or if there's a farmer's market around you, that's always a good um, resource as an alternative to the grocery stores because who knows how long things have been sitting out and from the time they were picked and everything. Um, But also, I don't know, sometimes I see it that way as, um, you know, maybe something's wrong with the deformed fruit but or different things that are deformed. And then other times it it seems kind of okay. <laughs> but um so you mean you've been seeing it more lately, like you said, like as in before you didn't see them that much where they were deformed looking. Yeah, I've I've been seeing a lot more recently. You know, supermarkets, mm-hmm. they have these silver almonds or sliced almonds now, and they have, like, um, broken up walnuts or what they call walnut halves or walnut mm-hmm. pieces. And it's by, right. you know, by a few different companies. I'm not going to put them on the spot, but right. it's, I'm like, okay, why? Because I, I remember just buying, like, when you go to an organic store and, you know, you, you pull the thing down, you know, you, you get, you see what you're, what you're putting in your bag and what you're weighing on the scale and what you're paying for. And they come, you know, with whole bodies. Um, even in some organic places as well, they have pieces now, pieces of peanuts, pieces of walnuts. And it's like, well, why is this thing coming into pieces? Why can't I get the whole thing of it? Or why is it just more like that? Because, and like I said, I put two and two together, and I'm like, okay, this is a lot of deformed bodies or mutated bodies of fruits, vegetables, mixed nuts, and stuff like that. So I see... The, the the cutting, chopping, piecing, shaving of these mixed nuts is actually kind of like a cover-up. It's like a disguise. So now you can't see how the almond looked before you consume it. It's just sliced now. You can't see how the right. walnut looked before you consume it. It's all broken up now. And it's like, I have my teeth for that. I don't need you to slice it. I don't need you to break it down for me. I don't need you to do any of that because then you put my teeth out of commission. Because my teeth are looking to bite, clamp, and grind. But when you do the job for me, even that in itself puts something out of commission in your body. Somewhere within your mouth, it puts out of commission and saying, we don't need you now because we're coming in broken up. So all you got to do is chew us a little bit and then just swallow us. And it's like, no, so it, it's, just, it's just funny. It's just interesting, the different angles of looking at why that is that way because I don't remember that growing up of sliced almonds and nah we have bags of you know little um like you put the, the vegetables the peppers in and stuff like that little fruit or little clear bags that we used to put our food in and our vegetables and the mixed nuts and whatever we wanted we put it in that bag and there was a hole you know I remember cracking walnuts and shit on like you know Christmas or fucking Thanksgiving when these holidays popped up when I was young and using the nutcracker to crack the walnut, you know what I'm saying? You see the walnut, you see the, yeah. the walnut shell, you see the walnut come out of it. You know, I'm used to like the whole bodies of things. Yeah. And 
Me? You can't see the whole body. And they're giving it to you already crumbled up and chopped up and sliced up and slithered up and shaved off. It's like, wait, 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 wait. How the hell does the body look? So what I'm saying is that chopped up almonds or the water, they're not showing you the body for some reason. Why the fuck you hiding the body from me, nigga? Like, you know? It's just, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just something, just something to consider. Something to think about. Not to drive yourself, not anybody drive yourself crazy about, but just think about it. Yeah. And, and every one is, you know, is grown one by one. Every almond is grown one by one. However, it grows. This one thing is very important. You know? See each one to cater to each one to look at each one and its wholeness. <laughs> That's a good point because I never, um, when I was a kid, like I never had really seen walnuts outside of, um, like, yeah. raw, like, walnuts that weren't in the shell, just packaged, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. until I was in probably middle school, because at my, uh, where I lived, like, my family, you know, they had the nutcrackers, too, and we would just be cracking the nuts ourselves. My grandfather roasted them in the, uh, the roast the peanuts in the oven, and, that was it, you know, but like I had seen peanuts packaged at the I don't I don't know cuz that's something too where like if you if you were looking for it maybe you would find certain things, but I I never really noticed until a little bit later. But at the same time, today mm-hmm. we live in like the microwave information age where everything, you know, you want convenient. So mm-hmm. well, um, don't let them fool you on that bullshit. I mean, don't let, well, people don't, you know, I'm talking to the, to the audience, like, or, you know, it's like, don't let them fool y'all on that, like, or mm-hmm. whoever, agenda, don't let agenda push or cover up the fact that it's still out of this natural container. Because I remember even cracking peanuts, you know what I'm saying? Having a bag of peanuts, right. me and Young, and even opening up the Damn. peanut shell, taking the peanuts out, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, well, and then what they'll say is, well, we're just saving you the effort and the work. No, I don't need that. Let my fingers fill the peanuts. Let it fill the fucking walnut shell. Let it, you know, get the almond or the sunflower seed. Because now they got seeds out the sunflower shell. It's like, wait, what the? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. understand the convenience, whatever you want, you know, whatever people want to whatever agenda they're trying to be pushed forth. No, we're just making it easier for you. No, I don't, certain things you need to leave as just nature. I am natural. I have natural fingers. I need to crack open the natural shell to get to the natural seed. That's, you know, there's, a, there's an intelligence to that whole process that's going on that we don't know that's, that's slowly connecting the synapses in our brains and connecting and activating neurons to bring this type mm-hmm. of third-dimensional interaction from one nature being to another nature being, you know? So, it's like, okay, right, you know? I mean, I, I get it with certain people, you know, because that's this whole, you know, new age kind of everything where people don't got time for this or time for that. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's Not like that. anything else, though, <laughs> right now, because yeah. you buy milk in the grocery store a certain way, dairy, non-dairy, whatever, you buy, um, you know, you buy, if you get supplements, you're not dealing with the plants yourself, you're not uh, extracting the things yourself in certain ways, 
you buy tea, you buy it in a tea bag. It's, you know, it's, mm. it's that type of thing where there is a disconnect from nature and um, seeing things as they naturally are. So I, I definitely agree and see what you mean with that. Um, people might not even be familiar with what things, you know, look at, look at the names of, um, of different things like, you know, you don't, you don't talk about like the, the, um, the animal is like, okay, this is, I'm going to get the cow, the cow's back or the cow's, you know, ribs or whatever. I'm going to get this beef. I'm going to get ribs. Like it's disguised in different words to, um, Mm. for whatever, for whatever reason, I'll just say, send different words, you know, um, so it's just it's an interesting thing to disconnect that I guess society kind of has on <laughs> different like, different things. Yeah, you know the, the physical form, the body, you know, and even like I was talking about before when I was I forgot what I was talking about before what episode was. I was like, you know, as babies we mimic our mother. You know, she stays peekable with us. We do the same shit. You know, we, we, we mimic certain things as a child, so this is how you are. This is why you this is why people still get inspired and influenced by others. It's a mimicking thing in a different form of graduation. It's a different form of a mimicking thing. Or a mirroring thing. You know, so we this will be a constant thing, like I tell people, no matter how well conscious or wise you are, you know, you're gonna find some type of inspirational influence, whether you're on your path by yourself or not. You can bump into others that you know may influence you. That is a mimicking kind of process, or a mirroring kind of process. In a certain way, you still be yourself, but it's just a certain process, certain interaction going on. You know, so that's the same thing. If you do that mentally, you know, the physical form as well, the body mimics, mirrors, copies, and replicates other physical forms in some way. Fruits, vegetables, animal flesh, fish, seafood, nuts, grains, whatever. Everything plays a specific effect on each other in some way, whether you realize it or not. Like, you look at some people, you look like and behave like what you eat. So even your face, your features, your phenotype will mimic what you consume. Some people look like fucking chickens and hawks and different kind of animals. And you ask, you ask them, do they eat that kind of animal? And majority of them say, yes, I've tasted it before, I like it, I, I ate it. And you start to look like it. You eat a lot of pig. Start to mimic, you know what I'm saying, certain features of how a pig is. This is not of any type of, you know, this or wrong or negative towards anyone or anybody, but this is just certain things, how the body, just understanding how the body, the body mimics what it consumes to a certain degree. You know, and that, that even looks, that even goes down to like, you know, or you just understand like the form, the, the form that you eat is the form that you take on. You know that that your genetics are in some way influenced by and trans and transformed into, and that goes the same for visually and verbally. You know as well what you watch, listen to, keep around you, and stay around also plays a major impact on your energy field, biology, and psyche. You know some people start acting like movies they watch or shows or characters they they watch. This is a mimicking system. No, that's why constant self-reflection on this path, what we what we touch upon, is is what it is about. 
what this podcast is about, constant self-reflection, before you consider other people's opinions, other people's light on certain things, you be with you before you find yourself around another. So or that goes with food, goes with people, goes in many different ways of understanding. You know, so um, I guess I just want to touch upon that because that just kind of hit me. You know, cause was, that's like something that was just basically uh, recent. You know? Buying these mixed nuts and seeing all this crazy stuff and fruits and vegetables. I'm buying, I'm buying strawberries and throwing out like it was like thirty strawberries in there. I find myself throwing out like about eight of them because they look weird, look different. They don't look like the majority of the rest of them. You know, and and I mean that even goes even to even you know, you know, just accept it anyway. You know, all that kind of bullshit. <laughs> like that kind of human agenda thing and I get it and I'm saying when it comes to humans it's something different because humans have a mind they have an emotion they have an experience they have a life they have a breath they have an opinion as well you know what I'm saying and you, you respect that line and you know I do as well you know but when it comes to fruits and certain things it's a little different uh, a little different process happens you know, fruits and vegetables. If I don't have to consume it, I'm not going to consume it. But, um... Hmm? You have an expectation for what you're, uh, for what you, you know, are looking to have, have a certain, um, awareness of what it's supposed to be. That definitely makes sense. No doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Um, So I guess um, let's go to uh, the next thing to talk about as well. It's kind of slightly related. But um, is this the next doorway we can step into? Um, Movies shows and lectures inspire and influence your reality and perception and can transform your whole reality instantly. You know, you can um you can take that movie and turn it into your life. Some people have done that. And then see life from that perspective. You know. And that depends too what someone may be going through at a certain time in their life. Or you know, it's 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 like a break from your reality. You can get pulled into that screen. And um it can influence you and inspire you in some way. You know, once again we're talking about the mimicking process again. You know, how you can mimic things or, you know, TV shows or movies, whatever it may be that people may watch or give their attention to. Sometimes their life be so stressful, so full of shit, bullshit, a lot of chaos, so much madness, that they can dive into a TV or a TV show and see the peace or the happiness or the sanity <clears throat> um, or the tranquility within the TV show or movie that they're watching, and they can dive into that screen. And then that screen now becomes their reality. Um, you know, we may find comfort in certain movies and shows 
And that's kind of um, an alleviation or to relieve yourself from whatever life that you're currently living or whatever's going on in your life that you're currently living. Because, um, you know, you, 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 can, you can see certain peace things on TVs or movies, sitcoms, what you're watching, and you can get a relaxed sense from just looking at it. You can feel more relaxed. So people have, or certain individuals will incorporate what they watch to their third-dimensional reality from a one-dimensional screen. And sometimes it works for them, a certain process, and certain, certain ways of looking at that example. Um, you know, depending on how peaceful, how funny, or how cool, or how laid back the characters may be on the show or the movie. And, and also depends on how stressed out the person is that is watching it, how stressed out they are, certain things. They will find peace within a certain type of mutual peace within a movie or a TV show and then slowly incorporate that into their third-dimensional reality, their real-life living, and will make that a part of their reality instantly. You know, so some like, when they say, like, you know, you watch movies or TV shows and they said that's a break from the bullshit in your life when you want to laugh a little or be entertained a little bit with action or whatever it may be, these things can actually, you know, they can heavily influence you and inspire you to cross over into that one-dimensional screen and bring that back to your third-dimensional reality and then live inside of that bubble or live inside of that reality. You know, um, looking at certain people, depending upon what you're working on yourself, um, you can look at certain people, like say somebody may be jealous in their relationship and they may see certain people on TV that's not so jealous or play a character that's not so jealous of their husband or not so jealous of their wife or their, or their boyfriend or their girlfriend. And they can take these qualities of this character, this fictional character, this fictional show, and make that a part of their real third-dimensional reality and incorporate those same kind of ways about that character in their real personality and will find that it works in their life. You no, know, so, you know, TV shows and movies, remember, there's nothing evil out there. There's nothing wrong out there. There's nothing negative out there. It only plays a, an, an effect on you that's not beneficial to you when you let, when you let that control you. You know, but if you have control or a certain kind of control, you can look or listen to anything you want to. But, you know, you have to know or just have an understanding about technology to a certain degree. It can be very, you know, it can pull you in, it can draw you in. But if you know how to draw back while you're looking at what you're watching and take whatever you want from it, you can incorporate it into your reality if you choose to. Certain qualities, certain principles that people are showing on TV. It may come in an asshole actor. It may come in, you know, whoever it may be, actress, whoever, whatever. But the principles that they're displaying in their relationship with their friends, with their mate, whatever it may be, you can actually extract from that fictional reality 
and make it a reality within your life, within your real life. And it can work for you to some degree, depending upon what you're working on with yourself. And also, that's just basically the little um, effect that TV or the TV screen or the movie screen can have an effect in your uh, real, no, real reality. How fictional characters can display certain things and have an effect on you, realistically. You can incorporate these principles. So, even playing a fictional character and they're playing a certain role, you can take those roles and actually make it real within your perception to balance yourself out, to neutralize yourself, to make yourself mutual with the relationship. You know, with family, with your mate, with whoever, with society, whatever. Incorporate them things if you choose to. You know, so... So it's not negative or anything. It's how you look at it. It's what you're doing with it when you're watching or listening to something. Reflect on that. Um, I... No, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, with, you know everything you said about it until I feel done. Um, yeah. So you, can use, you can use that fictional shit to your reality, to your benefit, you know? You can use that. Just know how to utilize what you're watching or what you're listening to. You can look at them and say, damn, I can't, I can never be not jealous. I can never be not insecure. I can never, you know, I, you may say this shit. People may repeat these shits even though it's not true in their mind. But they may repeat these over and over in their, their mind. But maybe you need to see a fictional character that is the total opposite of what you would like to be. See that, get inspired by it, get influenced by it. And take those principles that you see on that one-dimensional TV screen and incorporate it in your third reality. And you can actually not become that character, but extract the principles with that character that's playing on TV and make it a part of your real life. You know? So you can turn something fictional, a crossover into that which is real, which is the reality, which is your life, by looking at fictional characters that's playing a human TV role, a script, but you're living your real life. You know, so you can take from anything. You being a real thing in reality, you can extract from something fictional. You can ex- you can extract true principles from something which is fictional. Because it's everything that. <clears throat> Sorry to interrupt. Um, but you know everything that that is fictional was inspired by reality anyway. So mm. Mm. it all goes back to that same same thing, one accord, that same principle aspect. And it's like you said, um, you know, nothing is necessarily good or bad. It's just, um, you know, it's, it's really... How you use it, pretty much? That shit right there, you know what brought to me when you said that? What came to me when you said that just now? And this is known. This is very well known. Very well known. 
directors and producers, especially directors, when they make a TV show or a movie, the character that's in there is actually a projection of them and who they would like to be and how they would like to be. And they find their difficulty not being able to be that character or that person in their real life or that personality in their real life. So they will create a script and give it to an actor or an actress to play that script of who they would like to be in real life and then will watch it after they finish the finished product of the TV show or the movie. So in a way it kind of uh, reflects on what you're saying as well. You know, absolutely, like, it's just incorporating or basically attaching onto what you're saying as well is that even some directors that make movies as well or TV shows actually tell a character to play a certain script that they may have difficulty or they may actually be in their real life but want to see it on the TV screen or see it on the movie and they make certain type of adjustments to that character on certain things that they may want to perfect within their self but give the character that role to play it out so they may see it on the screen and they may incorporate it within their real life. It's just a... It's an interesting thing when it comes to that. It's very interesting, that reality, understanding that kind of field of work. You got to think, even if you wrote a movie or you wrote a TV show, and certain things that you know you want to work on within yourself or that you basically may want to enhance within yourself or may want to address and confront and correct within yourself, you may want to write a script for a character that are all these corrections. They have all these corrections. They're not so jealous about their their boyfriend or their husband. Or you know, like, you know, I'm gonna make a character of a woman that doesn't really give a fuck about all that shit. You know what I'm saying? She's doing her thing, and there's no jealousy going on in there. There's no security thing, or whatever it may be. However, it may look at it, or she's not as mean, or she's not as fighting as much as I fight all the time. However, it may be. Sometimes we need to see that in order to be that. It's just another method a part of the mission or the path of self-reflection as well. If you can create something and you want to look at it and what you look at actually inspires you inspires you and influences you and can actually have some type of self-enhancement and self-reflection effect on you, then so be it. Whatever works for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's many ways to this shit. You know, just as long as you work with the principle of the thing. You know, put your personal to the side and go hang out with the principle of the shit. Incorporate the principles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of yeah, characters yeah. are based on directors, real life. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes directors be having fights with their wives. I just want to say that sometimes they be having fights with their wives and their husbands. And, like, you know, that shit that goes on in their real life, they will play it out on a character on TV or a movie to try to look at it from a, from a third perspective. Like, damn, I'm having problems with my wife or, or, my, or my husband. Or, but let me just make a movie and let me look at it. Let me see if I'm missing something maybe from a third perspective. You know, being outside the circle, looking at your personality and how this shit really is. Besides being the character fighting with your mate put two characters on screen and have them fighting with each other and then see it from a, from a third perspective. I'm like, oh, shit, damn. Maybe, uh, maybe I need to correct something. Like, 
This shit is real. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why. It's funny. It's funny because they have, um, that's like with all art, though. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. but people write, um, people write about, you know, like in biographies and stuff like that. People do that. People mm-hmm. put it in songs. Mm-hmm. That's why I know some mm-hmm. artists who, who won't date other artists because they're like, I'm not going to end up in this. I'm not going to end up yeah. in that, you know, yeah. <laughs> that type yeah. of thing. And, um, yeah. you know, I I think it's, it's just a funny thing. That's just how it is sometimes. And even if it's um, not even a conscious thing where you're creating and you're writing about this thing to vent or to um, to express whatever message you have, to share on it, sometimes uh-huh. it can it can just seep through subconsciously into whatever you're working on just because it's a part of you, uh-huh. you know. And uh-huh. and then um uh-huh. like from what you were talking about, it was funny. It reminded me of um you know how you don't want your kids to watch certain things on TV when they're young because then you know they start acting a certain way or something like that. You know when you were talking about um. You know, people watching things to enhance certain things, but there's also that aspect, you know. Um, it goes back to our whole starter conversation, I guess, of, like, you are what you eat, you are what you consume through visuals, through audio. We, You know, we talked about this before, mm-hmm. but I think it's always, it's always relevant mm-hmm. and um, relative to something. Cause a lot of people say that shit. Like I could listen to that. I'm not really, you know, mimicking that character thing. Like, but you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could watch that. That's not really having an effect on me. And some females like, right. but you are dressing like the nigga in the, in the movie or the TV show. Like <laughs> you watching. You starting to act and talk like him. You know, it's. I mean, even though you seen that movie, fucking um, Donnie Brasco, mm-hmm. when this person went to the mafia and infiltrated, and he was. He was a part of this as an undercover detective so deep into that shit that he started to mimic them niggas. Being around yeah. them and he started coming home and he forgot he was a fucking cop. He kind of lost sense that he was an undercover detective and his wife was like, yo, 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 who are you talking to? Like, he's like, nah, I told you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got I to gotta take, take care of my business. And she was like, yo, you, you talking like you oh, mafia, nigga. You forgot you were an undercover detective? Just going to break yeah. that shit down? Like... <laughs> He got so lost and swirled into that world. He forgot <laughs> who the mm. fuck he was and what his, uh, his his accomplishment, his mission was. And that's the movie uh, played by Johnny Depp, the character Johnny Depp. He played Donnie Brasco, one of the uh, uh, spy, um, uh, undercover, I guess, police officer, detective who infiltrated the mob and shit back in like, the seventies or the eighties. I don't know, some shit like that. I forgot. But you know. Um, and he was reporting back constantly, you know, the police or the priest or whatever, whatever fuck he was, whatever he was connected to about, about what they were doing and shit like that. But he himself got lost from being around him so much and yeah. inspired and influenced, you know. And, that, 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 and his story is a story for a lot of other undercover detectives and people that are doing the cover work and spy work, whatever it may be. Sometimes you be around that shit so much, you know, you may... Yeah, you know, that's a great chance you may get influenced by this shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you with know? anything. That's with everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with that's everything. why you go down from association. 
Like, you know, it's real shit. Yeah. You get guilty by association. It's like, damn, but I ain't do the robberies. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you're with them niggas that did robberies, so you're going down with them. It's like, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> what is that saying about broke people? Like, you you hang around, how many is it? It's like three broke people, you be the fourth or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, five or five. <laughs> there's, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the five closest friends of, or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All of that. All of that. You know, you gotta change your atmosphere, man. I don't know. There's certain shit to be aware of, you know, when you're in certain type of atmosphere situations or around certain people. Just be aware. You know. That's 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 what it's about. Awareness, you know. Wisdom, <clears throat> consciousness, having the knowledge of certain things. And just make sure you stick with the principles and don't get so damn personal. That's what this is about. <clears throat> um, that was funny. That was a cool, fun topic. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, I guess we shall jump to the next subject. Um, the next doorway is during a breakup <clears throat> or split between two people. A feeling arises or appears or makes itself known. That feeling that you are feeling is not a heartbreak, quote-unquote, or sadness or depression. We're breaking it down to a more core understanding. During a breakup or a split-up, what you are feeling is the glue. And all these names that you're using to describe this present feeling, sadness, depression, this and that, are all names and titles of the glue unbinding itself. So it's funny because you have an emotion, may have an emotion towards somebody or someone, and this emotion comes with a certain type of etheric glue. But there is a way to care about somebody and not um, or control your glue distribution or the distribution of your glue by having awareness. But this glue finds itself parallel at the same pace and at the same time of the emotion that is emoting itself towards an individual that you may be with. <clears throat> so what you're feeling when somebody has a breakup or a split up, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I miss. If you are missing somebody and that is a product or that is a kind of understanding of a certain kind of invisible glue, that's why once you stop speaking to somebody for maybe I would say the third day, you'll find it easier on the fourth day. If you can actually withhold yourself from contacting that person, you will see that as the days go on, as the sun and moon cycle go on, make their appearance constantly, back to back, back and forth, it becomes easier. Especially, you know, um, if you are focused on yourself, mostly. And you have an understanding 
that this is just a glue which was once glued to each other, now ungluing itself or unbinding itself. So we can call it sadness, depression, whatever it may be. But whatever you're touching upon, what you're really saying is missing to be in that person's presence, which means that it is a conjoining or a joining or a binding or a bonding or a bondage. That is, any two things meeting and staying is a certain kind of understanding of glue. So what you're feeling is the glue unbinding itself. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But it's a certain glue that you let distribute too much. That Elmer's glue became crazy glue. That crazy glue became gorilla glue. So these different stages of glue or gluing yourself to someone or someone gluing themselves to you, you have to have your awareness in place. During these different glue or gluing or glue-like stages of a relationship or an experience, be aware of the glue because the glue will ooze out parallel to the emotion. It's going to, whether you know it or not. We go in a relationship to seek a form or a sense of bondage to some degree. Bondage means two things staying together. That staying together can only stay together if a certain kind of glue is present. So be aware of the glue that may spew or may ooze out from your end and from their end. So it's actually a glue that you're feeling, which you call a heartbreak or a split up. I mean, why do we even call it a heart, a break or a split? That means that it was once together. And that splitting or that breaking is the basically the detaching of the glue or a certain kind of gluing which held it together. Once you are aware of this glue, it doesn't play a major effect on you and doesn't have a major impact on you as it did when you wasn't aware of the glue. See, just as this body is together, according to skin, blood, and you know, whatever, that, that is a certain kind of glue. Like a scab, blood formulates, blood is a certain kind of glue. Skin is a certain kind of glue. Bone is a certain kind of glue. Just different forms of it. Different material of it. Different stages of it. Different understandings of it. So since your body can get broken and get healed or, you know, or fixed on its own and come back together, is the same way you operate or you function with another, mentally, psychologically, physically, you know, it's a certain kind of gluing effect. 
Blood is a certain kind of glue. Bone is a certain kind of glue. Flesh is a certain kind of glue. It glues back together, so you are a gluing machine. So when you come amongst another, be aware of your glue. And be aware of their glue. Because you see me, because you see that, that's basically another, another word of attachment. Or you wanting to attach to them or them wanting to attach to you. It's just being aware of where these attachments meet or, or how much is coming out. And that's basically, you can see, you can see indications like that easily from like control when they try to control you or when you try to control them, what they watch, what they wear, where they're going, and vice versa with you. That is a glue trying to mature itself, trying to perfect itself. It's an Elmer's glue, like kindergarten glue, trying to turn into crazy glue, trying to transform into gorilla glue. So be aware of your glue and be aware of their glue. Be aware of the glue. And when it's coming out, when it's coming at you, when you're distributing it, when someone is, is distributing it towards you, and when these two glues meet. So you're feeling a release or a detachment, which is what you call sadness, depression, heartbreak, split up, whatever you want to call it. You're feeling the glue detach from itself. And once again, this is the beautiful thing about the understanding of principles. Not taking it personal. If you take it personal, it blinds you from the principle. You drown in emotion rather than surface with awareness. You know anything you want to reflect on that? Wow, that was um Yeah, it was definitely an intense one. I feel like um I I feel like I don't have any commentary on that cuz I think it just manifests as it is like you were saying. But um Yeah, it it does get it does get um you know, easier I guess you could say fourth day or the more um like you said, you focus on yourself and things like that. But I feel like just with that there's always a some type of itch or a test or something that pops up um mm. that will challenge your perception of the situation and the glue and all this stuff and it'll Uh be like oh but you're still attached you're still attached Uh (laughs) so Uh I think that's the part where you have to kind of kick that awareness in or allow it Uh to be what it is and accept the the reality of the situation because you know everyone 
goes through something like that knows the truth of the the situation and what's going on. But because of the glue and the crazy glue, I I like that analogy. <laughs> you know, um, I think it can be more challenging for people, especially when you're not focused on yourself and your growth and development, whatever you need to do. I would prefer people in relationships to utilize their Elmore's glue, kindergarten glue, <laughs> pre-K, no, pre-K glue in a relationship, rather than try to use their crazy glue because <laughs> that's when niggas go crazy. And that's the females, males, whoever it may be. We go crazy. Oh, I got to have her. Oh, I got to have him. You know, I was like, wait. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> You you Drug ain't you, you was you, yeah yeah exactly you you wasn't aware of your glue distribution. Mm-hmm. You got to be aware of how much your glue is distributing itself because it's funny that the, the funny thing about it is that glue dis, uh it distributes itself along or parallel or alongside as a sidekick with emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, I may have an emotion, I may care about you. I mean, you know, somebody may love somebody, care, love, emotion, all come with a fucking free pack of glue. So, but awareness respects that line. Awareness sees how much glue is distributing itself. In the moment of that care, in the moment of that love, in the moment of that emotion, Awareness can see the glue. Like, wait, hold on. I'm starting to tell what's aware. Oh, hold on. I'm starting to tell him where to go. Oh, hold on. I'm starting to tell her, you know, what's look at her phone. It's like, oh, wait, hold on. I got, I got to chill because I'm, I'm starting to tell him who he can talk to. This is what awareness does. It brings, like, wait, hold on. I'm going to chill my glue because it's starting or it's trying to control what I know that it can't control, what it has no control of, what it has no right to control. So this is the beautiful or the interesting thing about awareness is like, oh, shit, I see, like, how many things can come and look like it's one thing coming at them, whether it be love, care, emotion. And I can see the many different facets of, of things that are beside this thing disguising itself as one thing, but actually coming in an army of many different things that if I'm not aware, I'm going to have to work on this, work on that, work on this, work on that, work on this, work on that, work on that, work on this. And this shit all came in one word called love, or it all came in one direction called kill, or, you know, one forwarding of emotion. But awareness helps you see how many sidekicks emotion has, <laughs> how many lanes care may have, you know, how many parallel attachments love may have. But these many things come disguised as one thing in one word. That's the funny thing about it. But with your awareness, you're like, nah, that shit comes with a few other things that I got to be aware of. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's, not, it's not telling people not to stop your love and to stop your emotion and to stop your caring. Hell no. Of course not. 
Be what you be and do what you want to do because you want to do it, not because you're willing to receive something back. Don't do it like that. This whole path, this whole podcast is about dealing with principle and being true to what people want to say is your heart. But just be true to what you want to do. Don't expect or look for anything in return. This is how you let go of the body. You just have fun in the body. Let the body have its fun. You find yourself somewhere else. You know, you can direct the body to many different body plays, but you find that space between you and this embodiment. Let this shit do what it's supposed to do here. You find somewhere, you find somewhere else to be. Enjoy the experience. Don't get lost in the experience. You know, and it can be addicting. Of course, if you get lost within your five senses or your sexual organs or your your mind fucking play, yeah, you, you, you're done. It's going to do that. Let it do that. You find somewhere else to be. Just watch it. Witness it. Feel it. Experience it. That's it. Let the body do what the body came to do. <laughs> That's the whole thing with that personal shit. That's why it's all about principle. Stop taking your personality so personal. Engulf yourself within the principle of reality. Not personal. Become the principle and the principles. You won't take it so personal then. No, but it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime class, man. This is, this is a lifetime. You're going to be doing this shit for a lifetime. For your whole time here. It's not something that you learn in a few weeks or a few days or a few months or a few years. Nah. This is a constant, ongoing, never-ending practice and mastering of self. You know, even when you're transitioning, at those last seconds of your transition, you're still going. You're still going to be mastering yourself. You're still going to be practicing. <laughs> it doesn't stop. You know, that's just how it is here. I don't know how it's going to be in the next reality. That's just how it is here. You know, just chill out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to reflect on that, it's cool. You have anything you want to reflect on that? No, I I didn't have anything in particular on that. Okay. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got you. Okay. <clears throat> um, I guess we'll jump into the no- the next doorway. Uh, the next doorway is when you become spiritually, quote-unquote, spiritually intense, you start to become more body-addicted. Certain things like you become tongue-retarded, you want candy, you want sweets, 
um, certain things like sex, intimacy, touch, taste, hold, grab. When you become these many functions, especially if you're on a certain kind of path, certain kind of what they know as spiritual path, or if I have to put into a word, spiritual path, that means that you're relieving the body of its labor. You're, you're separating yourself from the embodiment. You're separating yourself from the third dimension into another dimension. When you start to distance yourself from third dimension into a dimension which isn't physical, from a physical dimension into a dimension which isn't physical, the physical dimension, which is your body or your embodiment, will use all its retarders and activate it as much as possible to keep you in a physical reality. That's why if you notice in certain spiritual people or certain um, aware people or wise, you know, things that aren't or not necessarily so tied to the physical understanding of this reality, wisdom, awareness, consciousness, when they start to release themselves from the body or they're not being so personal or they're not so engulfed in their personality or their body or their looks. These individuals will find themselves having a sexual crave. They may have a sweet tooth for candy, sweets. The tongue will become activated. It wants to taste, whether it's the fucking vagina, whether it's breast, whether it's you know, a female, whether it's the penis, whether it's testicles, whether it's the man's neck, whether it's his lips, his tongue, whatever it may be, you start to find a craving or a certain kind of addicting aspect to keep you within this physical reality. And Mother Nature is, not, is just here to propel herself, which means that she wants you to get pregnant or for you to impregnate another that keeps you in the lower three chakras, which we, which is what red, orange, and yellow. You know, from the solar plexus and lower. You know, which is the intestines and the sexual organ and the asshole or whatever it may be. It's looking to keep you engraved or within the gravitational pull of the three of the third chakra and lower, from the yellow chakra and lower. And when it sees that you're starting to go from the fourth or fifth chakra and up to the seventh, the third and the, and the second try to keep you from the third to the first. So when you're starting to release from the body, you're going to find yourself having sweet cravings, having sexual cravings, wanting to touch, hold, grab, taste, etc., so this is what I'm saying. This is that basically you become kind of body addicted, taste addictive. And um, it's funny how, you know, it's, it's actually pointing to the lower parts of your body or the middle to lower parts of your body. The middle to lower is the sexual organs. You know, being sexual, um, once again, I always have to say this, there's nothing wrong or right to it. 
but just being aware of what's going on besides what you think or thought what was going on. These are ways to see at what level you're at or what graduation that you're at when these kind of, I don't want to say addicting stages or obsessive stages start to begin. Um, when, when, when your attention is directed into these kind of focuses or these kind of focusings, when your attention is directed there, you know, what you want to eat, what you want to, you know, what you want to do, who you want to do it with, something that in itself means that you are having a spiritual graduation or a non-physical graduation, especially when the physical was saying, you know, taste me. I know you know you love this ice cream. You know you love this taste. You know you love this candy. Remember we were kids? You used to always eat this. Look how good she looks. Look how nice he looks. No. I wonder what that tastes like. I wonder what she tastes like. I wonder what he tastes like. It's, it's, It's something trying to influence you to say, stay here. If something is saying stay here in the third dimension, that means that you yourself are going beyond the third dimension. Something within your alchemy, within your biological alchemy, something is happening within your mind that is pulling you towards something which is non-physical, which is the reason why the physical reality is saying, no, pay attention to me, look at me, be intimate with me, taste me, taste this candy, taste this, taste that. So that's why I was saying before, basically, that when you become spiritually intense, I have to call it spiritually, because that's what people are understanding. If I had another word to call it, I would call it another word. Um, I'm not going to get too into that at the moment, but when you become non-physically intense, you start to become more body-addicted, or potential to be more bodily addicted or bodily attached to things that are in the physical form. That's why I said the most, you know, tongue retarded. The most retarded thing in your body is the tongue. Right now, if you're listening to this lecture and you have your mouth closed, your tongue right now, this very moment, is going to be moving, swirling, twisting, drawing back, drawing forward, it's going to be doing a whole bunch of activity because it's looking to taste the food or person. It's the most retarded thing in your body. And the more you give it what it wants, the more it becomes retarded. The more it becomes retarded, the more, be, the more it may have an influence over your logic and rationality. And the more that happens, the more it may cloud your awareness. See, so these are just certain things to keep in mind and to be aware of while they're going on. Anything you want to reflect on that? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't have anything I wanted to add. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, let's go into the next doorway. The next doorway is all the things that you've heard, seen, did, and experienced is why you are so fixed in your strange or unusual perception and reality of this existence. You know, that's why basically it's almost impossible to change your perception. Because, you know, when you're talking to people and people are like, well, I don't get you, I don't understand you. First of all, understand this. Nobody has to get you or understand you. Like I said before, you will never understand yourself. Why? Because you have something that is called a subconscious mind. A subconscious mind picks up memory, scenery, data, information that creates the structure and foundation or, or creates the foundation to give life and reference to the structure of you. As a baby, as a child, you've seen things, came across things, experienced things that you can never consciously remember. You can't remember everything that you've seen and was around and what you smelled and what you tasted as a baby and as a child. So you will never have access to your subconscious mind. You know, so it's not for somebody to get you or understand you. Don't fight your point across with somebody trying to tell them who you are and what you are. Just be what you are and who you are. You know, all the things that you've heard, seen, did, and experienced is why you are so fixed in your perception and your reality of this existence within yourself. And that's why I said it's almost impossible to change your perception because you've experienced so many intense things and you've heard so much wordplay organized and reorganized in certain ways that you were like, damn, I've never seen it that way. i never thought of it that way. i never perceived it that way. Or maybe I have perceived it and thought about it and seen it that way, but now I can relate with somebody else who also may say something which is relative to my own personal experience, which I can relate with. So who you are, what you are, what you did, and what you experienced makes you you. You know, certain people that may say, well, I don't get you. I don't understand you. I'm not asking you to understand me. She's not asking him to understand her. The mind, or what we call mind or Noah's mind, it's not a simple thing to truly understand, even within the being which has possession of that mind, let alone someone else trying to understand another mind that isn't their mind. You know, so it's, 
you know, you become so fixed in that, what you heard, seen, and didn't experience. You can never share everything that you heard, seen, didn't experience with another. When you become on this path, it affects you so much. It has a major impact on you so much, especially if this is your calling. You don't need to explain shit to anybody or anyone. You can in certain ways, but as you're explaining it, keep in mind that that person may not and may never understand what you're saying, and that's okay. But what you've seen, heard, didn't experience, you become such a fixed thing. You're so fixed in your mind and your perception and your reality and your calling. Not to watch out your life, maybe at that moment in your life, and that moment may last a few years, may last a lifetime, but you are so in that calling that that is your thing, and you know it. You don't need to explain it to anybody or anyone. You can share your perception, but if they don't understand or try to belittle you to some degree, this is when you draw back or you press that eject button from that specific moment of that communication or the interaction. You know, um, like I said, you know, you become so fixed, especially if things had a major impact on you, whether it was a lecturer, whether it was an elder, whether it was something that you've seen, something you did on your own, something you experienced. You know, you become fixed within your own perception of this reality. And you don't have to explain that to anybody. But when you do, just be aware that they're not and never going to understand you because you yourself can never even understand, fully understand yourself. Like I said before, because of a device called the subconscious mind, which you will never have 100% full access into. No. Um. I don't know if you want to reflect on that. You can if you want. So I was um I was fine with that too. Mm-hmm. Nothing came mm-hmm. up. Mhm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. Things as well. Um. Uh, I guess we go to the next one then. Um, the next doorway is um, people's obsession with turning back the hands of time, <laughs> being forever young. You know, obsession with surviving and fighting for your life, like in a war. Obsession with health or staying healthy. Uh, I guess staying in staying in the body as long as possible. Obsession with fearing death. These kind of I guess like uh agenda like mental billboards that become public that people take on and believe. You know, um, it's not about staying young because you don't want to get caught in that wordplay. You know, just be you as you. 
Um, but turning back the hands of time, being forever young, obsession with surviving, fighting, this comes from a certain kind of mind or even going crazy or too crazy. It's good, it's good to be, you know what I mean, it's, it's pretty mindful to be healthy, but to have an obsession with health or staying healthy, you know, fearing death, turning back the hand to time, all this means is that some, something is, doesn't have a knowledge or any kind of understanding or even fearing the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of that which exists after this body. So this comes from a certain kind of agenda or mindset that has nothing to look back upon when this body transitions or when this body makes its transfer or its exit or when you make the exit out the body. Something that's trying to keep you here. Be forever young. Be extremely healthy. You know, stay in the body as long as possible. Fear death. Let's turn back the hands of time. Here's this ointment. Here's this cream. And it's like, why are you fighting so much to be here? This here naturally turns into a then. So if you're fighting the then, then that kind of shows what kind of mindset that you're in or what kind of person that you are or what kind of knowledge you contain or don't contain, what kind of wisdom you attain or don't attain kind of things you have access to and don't have access to or maybe have access to and ignore it or neglect it or abandon it or seclude it away from your reality. Why are you so scared to be an experienced being? What is so fearful about it? What is so wrong about it? What's so wrong about seeing many moon and sun cycles and just maturing your experience? Why must I keep myself at a stagnant stage of development that is actually propelling beyond that, that kind of development naturally? It's moving beyond that. So why would I keep myself in a certain kind of... Uh, stagnant stage of development when this stage of development is actually developing itself on its own constantly into another and more mature uh, progression of itself. You trying to be some way or one way shows exactly what your, what your mind is. And it kind of gives a, it's kind of a dead giveaway on how you feel about this reality and what you know. So basically what I'm saying is that anybody trying to keep anyone in one kind of way of living or being actually shows either a kind of fear or a kind of ignorance or unknowing of what this reality shows you constantly over and over again and what this reality 
is truly about. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to share that. Any reflection on that? Um, one of the only things that comes to mind is, like you said, um, you know, you might you might have access to something, but because of your, um, you know, your basically um, from from what I was thinking, you know, it's like. Um, you know, your acceptance or denial of the thing. And that's what that forever young type of mentality um, does. It's like, or, um, you know, um, turn back the hands of time. Why do you want to turn back the hands of time? Like, you can't face today as it is, you know. But I really was thinking of some R&B songs. (laughs) But, you know, it's just like, it's really funny. It's like, um... Something's wrong. If you can't face today, you know, there's something where you're not, it's like you said, you you know, you could be scared of, of death or aging and things like that, but also there's something that you're not wanting to face. It's like when you're a kid uh-huh. and you want to grow up so bad and you want to be an adult and can't wait till I da 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 and blah blah blah. But then when you get there it's like, man, I realize this, I realize that but there's a responsibility com- that comes with um the certain realizations that I think sometimes people don't want to face and um deal with. And uh, that's that's just what I think of that type of thing. Absolutely. Some people yeah, get that's on. not healthy. That's why it's, it's good to keep the body at a certain kind of sustained level of health. Absolutely. Definitely. You know, um, consume as much things as close to nature as possible, which is what they're entitled as organic, but there's no, you know, that doesn't mean shit. This is basically just consume things as close to nature as possible because you are the closest thing to nature as possible. So it's only right to match that with that, that is that, as that. Um, but people that are health crazed or you know, health mad and want to get all these, I need to stay young creams and Botox and, you know, operations and surgery. I mean, do whatever you want. I'm saying that if you have an awareness of I'm not the body anyway, cool. I get that, and I can definitely meet you there. I get that. That's that's my kind of music, exactly. But don't cry off the aftermath of that Botox or that surgery or that operation or that so-called quote-unquote youth cream and all this. Don't cry when something else may happen that may not be in your favor 10, 20, 30 years down the line. Maybe even five years, maybe even five weeks or five months. I don't know. But, you know, it's just certain things, like, just to be aware of, like, okay, you know. I get, you know, if you want some spray or some uh, non-physical shit or... I I, I can relate that. I I got you. I get it. 
All I'm saying is just don't complain when, you know, if you take it to that extreme, don't com- don't complain when the extreme comes and speaks back to your ass. You know? <clears throat> so, <laughs> but um, absolutely, you know, definitely, I get that. Um, yeah. So um, certain things once again just to be aware of, keep in mind. Okay. Um. There's no need to resist the inevitable, you know. Death experience, whatever it may be. Okay. Um I guess the next doorway is money can never bring permanent happiness. Only temporary excitement. This is not breaking down because I was looking at some shit. Money, you know, can it bring happiness? Some people are saying it can. Some people are saying it can't. And I'm like, yo, but I'm tired of hearing this word happiness connected to the word money. Money can bring happiness. Money can't bring happiness. Whatever. I'm like, well, what the fuck does this shit bring? So I'm like, oh, I get it. It can't bring permanent happiness. But it can bring temporary excitement. So instead of happiness, it can bring excitement. Because money is something that you have to keep on coming to you or having a full supply of or keeping it constant to you. Being as you are, true happiness doesn't need a constant um, reassurance or investing or business no, that's not what true happiness is. <clears throat> like I said, as a baby, you were happy. Were you a millionaire? And even if you was, did you know you were a millionaire? Did you even know what the fuck money was? Did you know what royalty was? Did you know what a mansion was or a house or whatever you was living in? Did you know what that was? No. But you were smiling and you were laughing as a baby. That's pure happiness. Anything else is basically temporary excitement when you deal with money. It's exciting to have it. You can do things. You can buy things. You can go places. But it doesn't bring permanent happiness, only temporary excitement. You get excited. You get to do what you want to do now. You get to go where you want to go now. You get to buy what you want to buy now. That's exciting. But that's not happiness. Because some people buy all the things they want and then become very depressed. So it brings a temporary excitement or a momentary excitement. Excitement momentarily. But it doesn't bring happiness permanently. Happiness is something that doesn't exist inside of a physical dimension. When you are okay with yourself... You know, when you know that you're working on yourself and you're actually seeing your own self-results and building on those results of self-enhancement, of deriving from self-reflection, that is a true, untouched happiness. When you are okay with yourself, 
without any outside mediums. Like I said, it's very obvious just from a baby or a child. You being one, two, three, four, five, playing with your toys, being happy. You're just happy within your imagination. You know, loving life. Don't know if you're rich or not. Don't care if you're rich or not. Doesn't matter. That's something which is untouched. You know, you can be a child just chilling. You can play with your hand in the bathtub and be fine and happy. So happiness is more of a primary state. Excitement is like secondary. When, you know, um, you start understanding that this reality says, no, you can't have that without having this. So even before you begin your temporary happiness, um, all your all your temporary excitement, pardon me, before you begin your temporary excitement, you have to be derived from something which may bring sadness or depression. So even what you call temporary excitement from having money, you had to first be deprived from it which brought about a certain type of sadness or depression. So how authentic or disappointment, it could be anger, madness, disappointment, sadness, depression, you have to be deprived of something and now you can get it. So is that true happiness or is that just temporary excitement? See, so... From you now being able to buy certain things and go to certain places and do certain things that you wasn't able to do before money was in the picture. But before money was in the picture, you had to at least be angry, mad, depressed, sad. You know, one of these lower levels you had to be and something had to build upon that weak foundation in order to give you an illusional strong structure, which is what you call wealth or being rich now or having money. But how authentic is that structure if it's built on a very fragile foundation, which is of lower emotions, you know, or lower manipulating thought patterns that brought you into these lower emotional states? You know, so I had to look at them like, damn, money doesn't bring happiness. I can't say it. Does, it does bring happiness. Some people are saying it doesn't bring happiness. I'm like, what other word that exists that is true and that is real that may describe this whole dilemma as well? And I said, oh, okay. It doesn't bring you permanent happiness, but it can bring you temporary excitement. So, in other words, money can't bring you happiness. It can bring you excitement. But remember, excitement finds its lower point or its neutralizing point at some point. Like being on a roller coaster, you're excited, you're on a roller coaster, you're going up, you're going down, you're going upside down, going in swirls, going in loops, going in circles, and then the ride is over. You know, it's the same thing in many different examples relationships and marriage, sexuality, whatever it may be, you ejaculate, you're exciting during the whole type of sexual intercourse going on, then you ejaculate, 
and then you like get away from me. So No, even if you're still with the person after that happens, <clears throat> eventually there will be a certain parting or a part because the excitement is over. You know, so you want to find that which is never over, which is permanent happiness regardless of what human situation you may put yourself in or find yourself within or find yourself going through or put yourself through. No. Um, and that's basically what I wanted to touch upon. Another thing I wanted to touch upon. Um, anything you want to reflect on that? No. Mm-hmm. Got you, got you. Um, okay. Um, I guess we can go to the next doorway. I have a few more, but I might cut it uh, short for tonight. Um, the next doorway is Every situation, every person you interact with, especially from an emotional perspective, is nothing but a practice tool or practicing tool you utilize to tune yourself and tune yourself out of and tune in to yourself. You know, fill your space and then clear your space. And this is a non-stop thing. You fill your space and you clear your space. Fill your space, clear your space. And this goes on with every interaction that you have with individuals. Every situation, every person, especially, especially from an emotional perspective. Everybody and everyone is nothing but a practice tool or a practicing tool that you yourself utilize to tune yourself up with and tune yourself out of when needed. So it's a constant filling of space, a constant emptying of space, and this is what you're constantly doing. And within this interaction, you learn of self. You should learn of self. Your awareness should be present for that to happen. So everything is a tool that you can utilize. Everyone is a tool that you can utilize. And they don't have to know it. As long as you know it, that's all that needs to be known. Um, go reflect on that if you like. If not, come on to the next one. Hmm. The only thing that came to mind was that, you know, some people do know it. That other people are tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone is something that you utilize to work on yourself. 
That's that reflection and self-reflection. Mind work, hard work, homework. Because sometimes you see yourself or you see your own patterns from the reflection of being around another. So it's a certain kind of tool or tooling that goes on, you know. Of course, another interesting thing. <laughs> no, um, okay. I guess the next doorway, um, there's not much left. Um, when something is trying to perfect itself, that's just an example of an ego and personality trying to perfect itself in you and substantiate itself within your emotions, emotional field, and emotional state. Um, But to see that, to be aware of that, of what's going on before it goes on, is actually equivalent to, to seeing the snow before it becomes a snowflake or to seeing the snowflake before it becomes a snowball. You know, um, talking about this podcast, when we haven't done an episode or we had skipped two Sundays, and this is the third Sunday, and we're having an episode, I was like, damn, we didn't do that Sunday, we didn't do the next Sunday. I felt something... I'm like, damn, why well, I feel a certain way? But my awareness was present. So what I instantly realized was that, oh, shit, that's something trying to perfect itself, trying to make every Sunday. Or trying to make every or every Sunday within a year or every time that we say we had the podcast episode, since it didn't make that day or we didn't do it that day, I was able to, to be aware of what I was feeling that day in a certain way. And I said, damn. So but my awareness was like, oh, no, nah, I'm good. I'm saying fuck all this order shit or something trying to pattern itself or something trying to become perfect. I said, nah, you know, I'm not falling to that. I was instantly aware of what was going on. <clears throat> And I was like, damn, I didn't do last Sunday's podcast episode or the other Sunday, but we're doing this now. And what I was feeling, I instantly was aware that it was something which was trying to perfect itself. Perfection is an illusion. So I instantly knew that something was trying to pull me in or draw me into an illusional state. And if I was unaware, it would have brought about sadness, depression, and all this other bullshit that doesn't exist. So basically, it was trying to bring me down to a lower state or a lower vibrational state or pull me into gravity or to a more stronger gravitational pull. If I wasn't aware of what was going on, but I was like, you know what, I feel a certain way, we didn't do it, we didn't do it this day, we didn't do it that Sunday. But I know that what I'm feeling is just what the body is feeling about perfection. I said, nah, fuck it. I don't care. Who cares? We're going to do it again anyway the next Sunday. So just feeling that thing is basically becoming a way of something trying to perfect itself. 
something trying to perfect itself is actually something trying to, trying to substantiate itself and validate itself within a certain kind of personality or ego. So I instantly was aware of that, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Fuck it, I don't care. And Mr. Sunday, too, who gives a fuck? We'll cash well for the next available one. It just felt being aware of that was uh, kind of funny to me. You know, it was interesting to know that that's how that shit happened. And what I was feeling, I was like, oh, wow. Now I'm good. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because mm-hmm. I felt I'm like, damn, I'm feeling a certain way. But I knew that what I was feeling wasn't, you know, it wasn't the aware aspect of me. But my awareness actually seeing the feeling, I was like, nah, boy, we good or you're the fuck, you know? Do it next time. Who cares? Stop trying to be perfect, nigga. And that's why I tell you, know, people with awareness or wisdom or consciousness, this is not about being perfect. No. This is about seeing how fucked up you are. <laughs> you know, people think, oh, I'm aware now, I'm conscious, I'm wise. And I was like, okay, well, be prepared for a nice wild ride because now you get to see how fucked up you are. <laughs> And now you get to see how trained you were or the many uglies inside of you by um, your awareness because that's what awareness is. Awareness is actually saying, damn, how am I besides how I thought I was? Let me see all the uglies, all the, all the, all the imperfections that I wasn't seeing before. So that's what awareness gives you. It doesn't give you spiritual perfection. You know, wisdom doesn't give you spiritual perfection. Consciousness doesn't make you perfect. <laughs> it actually gives you access to all the shit that you did not know about yourself or maybe wasn't as aware of before or prior to. You know? <laughs> so, um, let me reflect on that. Um, maybe that I definitely understand. I definitely understand the um, the aspect of, I guess, perfection and wanting to have things a certain way all the time. For me, I noticed that um, with certain things, everything has to be just so. (laughs) And it's like, you know, it can never, like, nothing will ever be, um, will ever be perfect, but it's just like, Okay, this has to be this way before this, and this has to be that way before uh, that type of thing. And, um, uh, you know, life will throw in curveballs uh, uh, to to kind of break up patterns. So it is good to have awareness of um, certain patterns and things like that and how how things usually work and how you usually work with things uh, and to figure out what may be more healthy um, or 
helpful. Mm. Salute. Salute. Mm-hmm. Probably um, touch on two more doorways, and that's about it for the night. Um, so the next doorway is um, this came from a conversation somebody. <clears throat> they said, "Well, can we exist in different places at one time?" Is it possible? No, I was like, well, let's look at it the other way. And I said, is, is it impossible? And they said, what you mean by that? And I said, okay, well, let's take it to the scientific point of view. Or just certain understandings from that point of view. And I said, um, they were basically asking, you know, are we projecting in different places or dimensions at one time? So I said, okay, well, you see the sun? I said, yeah. I said, okay, well, it's projecting a certain kind of white light. Would you say it's white or the color white? I said, yeah, okay, I see it's white. I said, all right, well, understand that that white light is actually what is known as seven different spectrums of colors that create that one light. They said, what you mean by that? And I said, well, look at the light. Look at the sun directly. Stare at it. Or just put your eyes in the direction of the sunlight. Now close your eyes. And blink your eyes a few times. You're going to see different colors. And when you blink at the sun, you start to see different colors. Red, orange, yellow. You know, you see whatever colors that you may see. And I told this person that this is where the whole understanding of the chakra system comes from. Um, blinking in the direction of the sun. While well, we knew that this white light or this bright light was actually contained of different spectrums of colors. For the simple fact that we can blink in the direction of this white light and see different color spots or different colors behind the eyelids of different colors projecting itself. So we knew that this white light was actually a, you know, um, a, uh, I guess a gathering of different colors broken down in different spectrums. So, so, okay, since we are light beings, we can see the light, and we are light beings. We eat light and drink light. You know, what do you mean we drink light? Well, light, sunlight creates the fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. When you smoothie them or you blend them or whatever it may be, fruit juice, that's actually a, an example of you drinking light. And he said, okay, and I said, you eating the fruits and vegetables that's grown from the sunlight is an example of you eating light. Okay, so would you say that you are a light being in some form? Yeah, okay. So, since you are a light being and you are related to what is light, these seven spectrums actually break down into two other spectrums, which these seven spectrums or these seven lanes are kind of split up evenly within or maybe these seven spectrums are on two different lanes, which is called infrared and ultraviolet. 
And even if you look at ultraviolet and infrared, infrared is the lowest chakra. Ultraviolet is the highest chakra, which is violet and red. Once again, referring back to the understanding of chakras and chakra systems. This is why they call sunlight ultraviolet and infrared from the crown to the root. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. The science is broken down right in front of your eyes. So we know that this white light, or what we see as white, is actually broken down into many different color spectrums. So we knew that to get to this white light or this shining or this glowing of some sort, we had to master the seven different spectrums or what, as no, what is known as seven different color spectrums to get to that white light or that bright light of self, which is actually to reach the crown from the root chakra. So what goes back to saying is the whole question was, can we exist in different places at one time? Well, if you are light and that is light, and you interact with that light, and that light interacts with you, and is made up of seven different spectrums broken down into two main spectrums. What's to say that you don't exist in seven different spectrums plus those two, which actually make nine? What's to say you don't exist in nine different places at one time? What's to say that you don't exist in seven different places at one time? If you are this light, and it's broken down to seven different things, and it's broken down to two different things, what's to say you don't exist in nine different places at one time or seven different places at one time or more? So, you know, it's um, just looking at it from that perspective is just like, okay, you know, you bring it to a point where a mind can't deny it. And you're not necessarily giving them an answer or answering them. But you may be giving that or pushing that mind to a certain point where it can't deny what you are saying. That's why I say, is it possible that we can exist in this? And I say, well, what makes it impossible? <laughs> See, so even your response is not even an answering, but it's a certain kind of responding answering answering the question but not really answering the question giving them a statement in a way to answer their own question that is the answer to the question itself <laughs> so it kind of just you know turns their brain upside down inside out you know and it's just like okay well damn you know let me think of it because sometimes you want to give it to them in certain ways like that because you want to see the response back in return because you can learn from others as well. You may want to learn from his perception or her perception or their perception because you're giving something to their kaleidoscope for them to turn it in one, two, three, four, whatever degrees, for them to see it in that way, they may receive something and can share something with you that you may take and incorporate within your reality that you have learned from them. See, because when somebody's seeking an answer from you and you give them a certain kind of answer and they're okay with it, they're not going to respond back to you. So what have you learned from that interaction besides feeding your ego? Trying to be right. Nah, that's not what we're here to do. I don't care about being right. 
and that's you know <laughs> the round based uh touching upon that topic that we just touched upon. Um any feedback if you want. Uh, reflection on that. No. I didn't have anything else on that. Okay. Now, um, guess, um, <laughs> you can, um, guess touch upon some more things that sound like a sound just in the here and there everywhere. <laughs> okay, yeah, just kind of random state of mind at the moment. I've um, been like that for about the past two months right now. Um, but definitely we could talk about some more random stuff, I guess, in the next episode. Touch upon a few more different uh, subjects and topics. And I guess uh, take it from there, because I actually, as soon as I got on the podcast today, I got in like 10 minutes before then. I was uh, dealing with other things, you know, um, fixing certain things and in the car and this this is the random shit. <laughs> so a muffler and I just doing certain things that I just had to zoom back here, wash up and then prepare for the podcast today. So I actually got in about ten minutes before I came on. And I'm usually already just equipped and chilling hours before the podcast comes on. But um no, I mean you go with you go with the flow, man. You go with the <laughs> go with what works at the moment. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're about. In that time and space. So random thing and just dealing with chaotic things. That's about it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely touch upon it again next episode. Um, yeah, so, you know, I guess uh, till then, you know, until next time, We will see you guys again. And until then, I'll keep you envisioned. We'll keep you envisioned. One. Zero. Zero.